Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ. now for the Outdoor Living and Gardening Show, presented by Preston Green, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Give the show a call at 502-8150-93.9. Now, here's your host, Steve Mercer. say winter's probably still going to be around for just a little bit longer so uh don't get too anxious out there uh they're calling for snow next weekend or they were i haven't checked it lately but uh, uh I, I suspect that uh winter has a few surprises for us yet this year um even though uh, uh it we're, we're scheduled for a warm-up this next week so don't get too impatient. Uh, there's, there's, there's still a little cold weather yet to come. Uh, we are uh, shipping firewood uh, still for our customers. And uh, if you're getting low, uh, keep us in mind. We uh, palletize our firewood on pallets and bring it to you with a little mini rubber track skid loader. Can set it anywhere you want it. Don't have to rehandle it once we get there long as we can uh, set it to uh, get to where you want it set why um makes it real easy for you to uh to uh accept it and be ready to use it all you really need to do is just tie a tarp over tie a pallet tie the tarp to the pallet on one side and wrap it over the top and uh, tie it to the other side and, and you're good to go you don't even have to put it in in a in a building somewhere so um makes it real easy to uh to use and uh we're we're the only people in town that uh that uh offer uh offer it this way so uh, if you're getting low keep us in mind um uh, and uh, uh we are already into spring landscaping season uh we've uh, been talking to several clients already about uh, upcoming uh, landscape projects um i suspect that uh, the season's going to pop a little earlier than normal this year so uh, um, don't wait to the last minute because uh you know uh, uh, uh everybody kind of comes in at once and wants everything done and then we get backed up and then somebody's got to wait and uh, nobody likes to wait so best way to get out of that situation is uh 
start a little earlier and uh, at least get your planning done get on the list and uh, uh, that way uh, uh, when the time comes you're not out there waiting in line for somebody to get finished uh, so we can start on your project and uh, uh, that also goes for swimming pools why we still we are building uh, um, insulated swimming pools and uh, our pools are 70% more energy efficient and 90% less pool maintenance and use 95% less chlorine, yet they have a higher water quality uh, than uh, either a chlorine or a salt uh, type uh, pool. Uh, um, the chemistry we use is completely different from what you're used to and uh, it's uh, safe and uh, it uh, um, converts all the chloroamines that are in the city water, the long-acting chlorine that kills your fish uh, in your fish pond. Uh, it, it converts all that within two hours of entering the pool. And uh, when you get in the pool, why there's no strong chemical odors coming in or getting out of the pool. Uh, you don't get red eyes in the pool. Uh, you don't get uh, dry, itchy skin. No green hair. Um, just a much more pleasant uh, swimming environment. And much healthier, too. Um, and so um, uh, uh, they're made with uh, uh, what's called insulated concrete forms and uh, the outside envelope walls uh, are, are um, a, a thick layer of styrofoam insulation and uh, under the floor is also a thick layer of styrofoam insulation so that uh, the, the ground temperature doesn't um, pull energy away from the pool it makes it easier to heat the pool up uh, it makes it easier to maintain a constant temperature in the pool. And, uh, and uh, we also um, use radiant heat in the floor of our pool rather than heating the water directly. And uh, th what that does is, generally speaking, uh, we use, um, most of the pools you see use what they call a pool heater and that's just directly heating the water of the pool well, the problem with that is is that uh, that that pool water is highly oxygenated and uh, if it's a salt-based pool it's got salt in the water so salt is highly corro corrosive and the oxygen in the water makes the the water highly corrosive and uh, all that uh, wears on the heat exchanger of your of your pool heater and, and causes premature failure your pool heater most pool heaters last about five years and they're rather expensive to replace and uh, when you put radiant heat under the floor why the water in the radiant heat system never mixes with the water in the pool and uh, it acts more like uh, the water in uh, the piping of a boiler system so once the oxygen gets out of that water uh, you, you know, there's no no further damage to your heat exchanger, and your heat exchanger is fully capable of lasting for 30 years. So um, you get much more bang for your buck that way. And then the other thing is, is and this is something that I've never understood about uh, how uh, the industry has designed pools over the year years. If you look at a standard in-ground swimming pool, why? Um, the pool jets in the pool are about 16 to 18 inches below the water line. Now, if you're heating that water, you're squirting that water, that heated water back into the pool 18 inches uh, from the water line. And so that's the equivalent of putting the heat registers in your house uh, 18 inches from the ceiling and uh, it just takes a lot more energy to force that heat uh, down to the floor because heat naturally rises so um, never understood why why the industry do, do that we actually put our uh, pool jets in the floor 
and uh, they're special pool jets. They they pop up and they rotate, and they wash all the pool debris all the way from the floor all the way to the surface of the pool. They work together in banks or zones, just like an irrigation system do, and they wash all that dirty water uh, towards your pool drain. Now, your pool drain also acts as your main pool return. So when the water gets over your pool drain, the pool drain sucks all that water, that dirty water, out of the pool and filters it, and then uh, uh, eventually it squirts it back in the pool through those pool jets. So uh, a much more efficient way to, to heat your pool. Also, um, your pool chemistry uh again by by having your pool jets 18 inches from the surface of the pool uh it doesn't take very long for that chlorine to get to the surface of the pool and evaporate away uh, which causes you to have to buy more chlorine and i'm sure there's a lot of local pool companies that would love to sell you more chlorine uh, uh, it, it's it's the primary reason why you see all these stores around town uh, for quote unquote pool supplies uh, most of what is there is is your uh, supplies to keep the pH in balance and keep the the you know uh, the chlorine to keep the pool uh, sanitized. Well, um, there is a different way, and uh, uh, we use a combination of um, copper and silver ionization, where we're putting very minute amounts of copper and silver in the water, and uh, and that does is copper is a natural algaecide so you won't ever have problems with your pool being green as long as the, that copper is in the water matter of fact you'll you'll notice that uh, i'd say 99 percent of the time your pool is crystal clear uh, about three times a year uh, outside why when it gets super hot or you have a big pool party lots of people in the pool you come out there the next day and and you know after you've seen this pool be crystal clear for months on in uh, you'll be able to tell right away if it if the pool gets slightly cloudy and uh, when you have one of those events uh, you just drop a gallon of chlorine in the water and and you're good to go and uh um so you know your your chlorine usage on a on a yearly basis is about three gallons a year. Uh, that's a vast difference from what the normal swimming pool requires. Uh, the other thing we use is uh, uh, ozone. Now ozone is is three times stronger than chlorine and acts ten times faster. So as a sanitizer, it's a much more efficient sanitizer. Now, uh, uh, when you put that uh, in, the, in the water at the bottom of the pool, why, as it, as it rises to the surface, uh, it sanitizes the whole water column uh, very quickly and very easily. And, uh, and so uh, to generate ozone, all you need is a light bulb. Uh, they have a UV light bulb that uh, is put in a glass tube uh, and the water passes by it. And uh, that's what generates your ozone. So you're not actually putting uh, any uh, chemicals in the water. Uh, you're just generating the ozone as the water passes by it. Uh, so about every two years, you got to replace that light bulb. Uh, your your uh, uh, copper and silver uh, ion plates uh, last you know seven or eight years, uh, and then we control our pH the same way that commercial swimming pools have been controlling their pH for the last eighteen years. We control the pH with CO two gas. Okay, so you have a tank of co2 gas and uh, it's metered into the pool and uh, and what happens is is when co2 uh, is exposed to water it produces carbonic acid which is a weak acid it's not a strong acid like a muriatic acid is uh, and so um, it regulates your ph for you automatically 
and, and so uh, you don't have to handle any um, uh, hazardous uh, acid concentrated acid to get it you know in your pool uh, you simply uh, just have this tank of co2 and uh, and you have a, a meter on it that meters it out into the pool so your your pool chemistry is like completely different from a, a standard swimming pool and should you take that water to like a leslie's or one of the other pool stores to have your water analyzed uh, they're going to say well you need all these chemicals and uh, you don't actually need any of that stuff because the chemistry we're using is completely different from what they're checking so they're checking the free chlorine and some of the other things in in that water and uh, we're not using that, so uh, uh, you, you'll you'll not get the right reads uh, if if you take if you have to take your water to the pool store. And and actually, uh, the system regulates itself well enough that uh, you don't have to monitor it near as close as you would with a chlorine-based pool. And uh, and and the results speak for themselves. Uh, you just have a higher water quality. Uh, it freaks our customers out uh, the first time uh, their dog walks by the pool and reaches down there and starts drinking out of the pool. Well, the pool doesn't have any of those real strong, nasty odors in it. So they see that as just another water source to drink out of. And that should tell you something. I mean, the dog's nose is, you know probably 500 times more sensitive uh to odors than than our nose is so you know if they're giving it the thumbs up then uh, you know that uh you know uh, the water quality is really high and uh so um all those things uh are are completely different uh from the way uh, normal pools are made and so the the icf walls they're they're styrofoam f concrete forms uh, and then we pour concrete with rebar in the concrete in those forms uh, to build your pool and then once the concrete sets up we'll come in and pull the styrofoam off of the inside wall and, and then you'll end up with a concrete floor and a concrete wall that we finish like you would a normal pool. Uh, now, we prefer not to use uh, pool liners because uh, around here with our sun exposure and the heat of the summer, uh, you, have to, you have to replace those pool liners about every five years. And it's kind of a maintenance headache and, and occasionally you get tears in them and they leak and uh it's just uh it's a maintenance headache and uh so we use a, a product called skin microplaster which is a synthetic polymer that they add uh, a porcelain a colored porcelain dust to and uh that sets the color for your pool and uh, the color in porcelain is is it's you know is porcelain is basically glass and uh and the color in it never fades so you don't have to worry about the color fading over time uh like you would with a a, a pvc pool liner uh your your color will last you know that that finish could, could last as much as 30 years uh and and so uh it, it's a much more um durable um uh finish for your pool now Another thing that we use that's quite different, uh, and, and not only do we use it in pools, but we use it in our homes too, and that's a new um, concrete additive called Zypex. Now, Zypex um, has some very unique product uh, properties. When you add that to concrete, uh, it waterproofs the concrete at the molecular level. And so... Uh, uh, it also coats uh, your steel rebar. And so uh, should a crack occur down the road uh, and water get into that crack, uh, your rebar is not exposed to the water. Therefore, uh, it, it, it won't corrode. 
so the number one reason for concrete failure is is that water gets into the uh, concrete through cracks and it corrodes your rebar and then when the rebar swells up from from rust uh, that's what actually cracks your concrete more. So um, by uh, coating your rebar, it prevents that process from happening. Now, the other unique property is is that if a crack occurs, uh, uh, the, the additive that's in the concrete will start to make uh, uh, these crystals that will... Uh, seal up that crack so your your concrete becomes self-healing at that point and so uh, we always have a customer you know during the sales process when we're talking about building a house with concrete walls uh, we always have the uh, a question about well what happens if the concrete cracks well guess what uh, if a, if the concrete cracks in one of these houses within 50 days, the crack is is heals itself, and uh, so uh, it really um, changes the game when it when you're talking about uh, you know having a quality product that will last for years and years and years, and uh, so the styrofoam form itself remains on the wall and becomes the insulation for your house and uh, it also has vertical furring strips in it embedded into the foam so when it comes time to put your exterior or interior wall cladding on it why you're not uh, bolting that uh, to the concrete wall you're actually attaching it to the embedded plastic furring strips in the wall so if you're building a basement uh, typically for example uh, uh, in a typical basement uh, a poured concrete basement uh, after the concrete uh, sets up and you if you want to finish that basement now you've got to go in and put wood framing on the inside wall or steel stud framing on the inside of that basement wall then you got to insulate it uh, and then after you get it wired why then you're going to put drywall on it so in an icf basement uh, you run the wire in the styrofoam and and set your boxes up and then you just um, screw your drywall right to the furring strips uh, in the styrofoam and 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 you're ready for paint so that's a vast uh, speed up of the construction process by being able to do that uh, and um, uh, we're one of the few uh, companies ar around the country that actually pre-panelize our walls back at our shop so uh, they arrive at the job site they're already pre-wired they already have your ins your um, your insulation is already on them and uh, the, they're already wired and plumbed and they already have the drywall on them and uh, the drywall we use is 100 percent waterproof has the same or better fire resistance as uh, as as regular drywall and uh, this drywall has no paper on it uh, it's completely inorganic which means uh, there's nothing for the black mold to grow on so should your house be flooded or should you spring a leak in the house uh, you don't even have to remove the drywall because uh, if you use steel stud framing like we do uh, and you use this type of drywall uh, there's no possibility for mold or mildew uh, to get a foothold on the inside of your walls uh, and so you might have to replace the wood trim at the base of the wall or you might have to replace that wood floor that you put on the floor but you're not going to have to like rip rip out the walls and, and start over and they also make the same material uh, for uh, subflooring so if you use this material on your subfloor and your floors get wet well guess what you don't have to worry about the black mold getting uh, established there either uh, all you have to do is uh, replace your floor covering your finished floor covering and you're back in business so you know disaster recovery is a lot quicker uh, with a product like that now on the subject of, of disaster recovery uh, with an ICF home uh, your your 
you your house will withstand sustained winds of 250 miles an hour uh, and so uh, these houses have withstood e5 tornadoes before they have withstood hurricanes uh, and fires and floods better than any other uh, house building system on the market today and and so they're they're truly uh, um, uh, a modern advanced building material that is super energy efficient uh, and soundproof and have a higher indoor air quality and uh, all of those things uh, really make for a, a, a better built house you know i always ask customers what kind of value do you put on your family's health safety and long-term financial well-being and uh, when I when I talk about the long-term financial well-being, should your house be destroyed by uh, some weather event, um, yes, you have insurance. But anybody that's ever gone through that process knows that your insurance company is not going to make you whole, and that uh, uh, and sometimes these weather events you know family members might even not survive the weather event uh, and if they do survive the weather event there are some families that never completely recover financially from that uh, after that happens and so um, better to to start uh, with a house that protects your family's safety and health and uh, and also uh uh, ensures a long-term financial uh, stability uh, and and so um, actually an ICF house in my view is actually better than than an insurance policy because those guys at the insurance company they're not going to make you whole they're just going to help and uh, and so um, better to build a better house to begin with so that once the weather passes through, uh, your house is standing when everybody else's house is laying flat in a pile of rubble on the ground. And uh, uh, in this day and age, with the weather patterns getting more frequent and more violent all the time, uh, the need to build a, a, a better house uh, is, is more important today than it's ever been. Uh, so we're going to take our first break, and we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to the Outdoor Living and Gardening Show, presented by Preston Green, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Give the show a call at 502-8150-939. Now, here's your host, Steve Mercer. Well, we're back at Tuckiana, and uh, last week at the end of our show, uh, we were talking about how to... Um, seed your 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 seedlings indoors and uh we didn't quite finish that segment we're going to just make a few additional comments about it here and now um one of the things that will be extremely helpful is a guide that you can get from hair seed um um uh, it, it's their bedding plant cultural guide, their complete uh, cultural guide. Now, uh, if you get their complete uh, cultural guide, it will have information on uh, annual seeds, on perennial seeds, on herbs and vegetables. So um, it will give you all the information you need on on seeding uh, 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 your your seeds it'll tell you whether that particular seed needs uh, light or whether it needs to be germinated in the dark it'll tell you what germination temperature that seed prefers uh, it'll tell you uh, how long it'll take uh, to um, uh, 
get the seedling uh, up and ready to transplant. And so you can go in with that guide and just kind of take your planting dates that you want to plant your garden and work backwards and know exactly when to sow your seeds so that uh, they they're, they're ready to go uh, when you're ready to plant your 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 garden uh, and so uh, it's a very important guide um, uh, if you go online to Harris seed um, search for their reference and growing guides and then once you get there uh, look up the bedding plant cultural guide in parentheses complete and that's the one that you want it's a pdf so you can just print it out and uh, uh, either put it in a binder or or uh, staple it together and just refer to it as you need to it's a very very helpful guide uh, it's a must-have for anybody that wants to uh, do any indoor seating and uh, um, Another thing that uh, we didn't quite cover, um, uh, you do want to sow, we like to sow our seeds in plug trays, uh, some, um, some, but in that guide, it'll tell you that certain seeds don't like their roots disturbed. And so uh, in, there are certain seeds where you want to plant those seeds in a peat pot so that when it comes time to transplant it, uh, you, 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 plant, you plant pot and all and you don't disturb those roots. And so that guide will be very helpful and tell you which, which of those seeds needs that kind of pot. So um, uh, I can't stress enough the importance of, of that guide and, and it, will, it will make you a lot more successful. Now, um, you know, you want to make sure the, the soil that you're sowing these seeds in is moist, uh, but you don't want it like uh, wringing wet, sopping wet. Uh, and so um, uh, once, you, once you sow your seeds, uh, the, the guide will tell you whether they need to be covered or not. Uh, we like to, if, if they do require to be covered, uh, we use like a coarse vermiculite to do that. Uh, and uh, and then uh, uh, you're going to want to put uh, cellophane over the top of the uh, of the tray. Uh, if if uh, the seeds need to be germinated in the dark, then we cover after we put the cellophane on it. We cover that tray with black plastic to to keep the light out of it. Uh, that way we can stick it in our germinator and our germinator is, is, has lights on it 24 7 and so if you have a plant that that needs to germinate in the dark uh, you can stick it in the same germinator and just uh, put a piece of black plastic over it and and uh, and still get those seeds to germinate in the dark so uh, that works out really well uh, and uh uh, it's a great tip for, for, for trying to germinate those seeds that need to be germinated in the dark. Uh, and, and so uh, you need to check those uh, plug trays every day once you put it. Uh, 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 and you don't have to necessarily have a germinator. Uh, you can uh, uh, get like a heat mat and put your plug trays on that and keep that heat mat at a constant temperature. Uh, and, uh, but uh, you, you need to check those plug trays every day. The, the first seedling that starts to pop its head out of the ground, as soon as you see that, it's time to take that cellophane off of the tray. If you leave that cellophane on the tray, uh, your seedlings will get spindly and uh, you'll have trouble transplanting them uh, down down the pike. So uh, it's very important as soon as you see that first seedling pop out of the ground to remove that cellophane off the tray. Now um, those plug trays you can grow them on, and you need you need to fertilize them. Uh, we we use a liquid fertilizer to do that, uh, and you don't want a strong fertilizer. Uh, we, we use about 150 parts per million of nitrogen uh, to fertilize those plants. 
and uh and and so we don't fertilize them every day uh maybe um uh about every two or three days we'll give it a a, a shot of fertilizer when we water and uh and uh when you see the first true leaves you know the first leaves that come out will be your cotyledons if they're if they're um if they're like a bean type plant uh and and those aren't true leaves the second set of leaves that come out those are your true leaves when you when those true leaves come out that's when those uh um plants are ready to transplant and and so uh, at that point you want to transplant them on up into a larger size pot uh, we like to transplant our vegetable plants up into like a four inch pot at that point and that gives them plenty of room to grow and uh, and so um, uh, that's very easy to do from from that point and uh, if you have timed your seeding correctly uh, then uh, it won't be long until uh, those those new seedlings will be ready to transplant out in your garden so one of the things you want to do is right you know a week or two before you start transplanting them out of the garden you want to start exposing them to the outdoor temperatures not all day but just for you know as you start you start for you know a little bit each day and by uh, the end of the week you know you basically have, have got them acclimated to the outdoor uh, temp altogether so you don't want to just move them from that uh, nice cozy warm atmosphere of the of, of your house uh, and move it straight out into the the cold uh outdoor weather uh the the plants don't like that sudden transition so uh, you need to do that gradually over about a week or so and if you do that uh you'll have you'll have a great success with your seedlings now the one point i'll caution you with seedlings are very demanding on 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 water um you need to check those seedlings during the day when the sun's out about every two hours and you'll notice that the seedlings that are around the corners or the edges of the plug tray will be the ones that die first or need water first so pay particular uh, uh, um, uh, attention to the edges of your plug trays because those are the ones that are going to have issues first and uh, so um, uh, if if you if you take good care of your seedlings while you'll have lots of seeds uh, uh, lots of transplants ready to go for your garden uh, when you're ready to go out there and start transplanting them in the garden and uh, so um, uh, speaking of garden uh, you know winter is a great time to plan for an upcoming growing season and uh, also and uh, it's a great time to enjoy the winter landscape now it's not too late to test your garden soil for nutrients needed by vegetable plants uh, and and you need to check the ph level uh, of your soil to to know whether you need to add lime or not and uh, you want to plan the vegetable and flower uh, garden early to be able to get the seeds of your favorite varieties uh, and so um, uh, first you need to you know you need to go and find out what are the what are the dates you want to start uh, planting plants in the garden then once you know that then you go back to your your Harris guide and see you know how long it takes the seed to germinate and be ready to transplant and then you can kind of work backwards to the actual time it, it takes it's, it's time to sow the seed the next thing you need to do is you need to pick your varieties now the the picking the varieties is especially important uh, because uh, not all seeds are created equal some some varieties of seeds have better disease resistance and uh, i know um, a lot of homeowners love the flavor of of like heirloom tomatoes and i get it uh, but the heirloom tomatoes don't have uh, 
as good of disease resistance as the hybrids do. So I always recommend that you plant a combination of both hybrids and heirlooms because uh, the heirlooms, while they'll give you better flavor, they might not bear near as well. And if you have the wrong weather conditions, uh, then one of those might perform better than the other. And, and so uh, it's always good to have those heirlooms out there. And if they bear and do well, great. You've got lots of flavorable uh, 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 vegetables to eat. But if the weather conditions aren't favorable uh, and those uh, heirlooms fizzle out, uh, then your, your hybrids are going to be the ones that do the lion's share of the bearing on that year. So uh, you want to mix up your, your seed varieties uh, with a combination of heirloom and, and uh, hybrid seed. And, and you want to look for specific disease um, resistance uh, for the things that uh, we have trouble with in the garden in this in this climate, uh, you want to plan uh, for growing vegetables uh, in late winter through fall, and uh, 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 there is a, um, um, a guide by the University of Kentucky, the Home Vegetable Gardening. Uh, guide uh, and uh, you can look it up online uh, I think there's a link uh, uh, from the University of Kentucky for that guide and that'll give you um, all the planting dates uh, safe frost dates and whatnot that you can plant uh, your, your vegetable garden and um, you know I know that uh, spring may seem far away but uh, you know, next week it'll probably warm up and then it'll get cold again. And uh, just about every time everybody's like ready to go out there and plant why Mother Nature will come back and, you know, kind of kill that idea. Uh, and But we'll eventually get there. Uh, but uh, your, your, your vegetable garden plant planting uh, begins during the cold months of winter. And uh, going through seed catalogs and... Uh, coming out and looking at our seed display at the garden center uh, uh, is, is a great way to to kind of get some ideas of what what you're going to plant and and uh, you you need to plan uh, on uh, what you think your your family is going to need in the way of, of vegetables for the year uh, and and how many. You know, it's good to keep notes on your garden that you did last year. Uh, uh, you need to notate what worked and what didn't. Uh, you need to notate, hey, we, you know, uh, we would really like to had a little more corn than we than we got last year, uh, or maybe uh, we need more tomatoes than what that what we had last year. That kind of information is invaluable when it comes time to plant your garden this year. And so that garden notebook over a, a, a several year period of time will become a very invaluable planning tool. It's also important to notate the weather conditions uh, uh, of that growing season. Now, I'm not talking about on a daily basis. I'm just talking about in general. Well, we had a hot, dry summer, or it was extremely rainy. It was. Uh, we had a late spring. Uh, we had a uh, an early frost. I mean, uh, that kind of information is uh, very valuable when looking at well how much how much did the garden bear uh, and then you look at you know what the the conditions were that year and that will kind of help you make a determination whether you need to plant more of a particular plant or less of a particular plant uh, based on the weather conditions of that growing season uh, and uh, um, uh, the seed packet itself will give you a lot of information about uh, uh, that plant. Uh, a lot of times, uh, days to maturity is one of the most important things that are on that seed packet. 
the days to maturity is going to tell you from the day you transplant the plant into the ground how many days it's going to take before it starts bearing uh, 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 fruits or vegetables and and so that that is the one thing that you need to pay close attention to and um if you take like tomatoes for example you'll notice that there are some varieties of tomatoes that have a very early days to maturity and then you'll find other varieties that have a very long uh, days to maturity so even in that situation you want to you want to mix that up a little bit you want to have some varieties that are early maturing uh, some that are meeting medium maturing and some that are late maturing and if you do that, then you'll always have stuff going on uh, in your garden. And, uh, and, and then don't forget your succession planning. Like if you're planting green beans, you might be able to get uh, four or five, maybe even six different uh, green bean crops uh, in a garden uh, in, in, a, in any one year. Uh, and, uh, and so... Um, as soon as those plants quit bearing, why well, pull those vines up completely and go in there and sow some more, and uh, you just keep doing that, and, and uh, you can be surprised how much uh, how much uh, produce you can produce in a very small area if you just work at it a little bit. Uh, my my grandfather was an expert at that. He had a very small garden. But he could produce more produce in that postage stamp garden than most people could produce in a much, much bigger garden. And that's because he was very good at succession planting and planting and uh, and 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 planting that uh, um, uh, garden is, is where it all starts. And once you've planned, uh, you know, how many succession plantings you're going to plant. Uh, that's going to give you some idea of how much seed you're going to need. Uh, you need to get that seed purchased early. Sometimes these varieties sell out as we get closer to the season. And so having those seeds uh, early, uh, just put them in a glass jar uh, and put some uh, put something in the bottom of them to keep them off, off the bottom of the jar uh, and... and, and uh, uh, put them in the refrigerator. You want to keep them at about 40 degrees until you're ready to use them. And then just take the jar out of the refrigerator and pull your seeds out. And if you do that, you can use those seeds more than one year. Uh, they'll keep from year to year. So it's not just one of those things where, well, you sow them and whatever you have left, you just throw away for the year. That's not the case. If you if you take care of them and you store them in, in that glass jar in, in the refrigerator, you'll get a much better uh, um, use of your of your seeds by doing that. And uh, um, so um, once you've got your soil tests uh, on the areas you want to plant, uh, there's a couple other things you need to be concerned about. And that is um, you, certain vegetable plants uh, need to be rotated to a different area every year. And uh, your tomatoes and your potatoes and your peppers and your eggplant, they're all first cousins. And they all uh, 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 get uh, soil-borne diseases that will reduce... Uh, uh, their ability to produce fruits and vegetables uh, uh, on following years. And so the thing to do is to rotate to a different area of your garden every year with those plants. I like to plant them all together and then just rotate that area of the garden to a different area of the garden every year. Now, uh, it's not just it's not enough just to move them to a different area of the garden when you go to till your ground uh, for the next year remember that your tiller 
and your hose and whatnot have soil on them from the year before and and so that soil may be contaminated with the viruses that uh, infected those plants during the season so if you take that tiller and you take it right over there and you till that new spot in the garden all you're doing is just inoculating that new spot with those viruses and it didn't do you any good whatsoever to rotate the plants to that new area so the first thing you want to do is you want to take a pressure washer and you want to clean all that dirt off of your tillage tools uh, before you break ground in that new area where you're going to plant uh, um, the these four uh, uh, varieties of vegetables and uh, if you'll do that uh, then once you've got that area uh, uh, done then you can go on and till the rest of the garden and you'll be fine um, uh, but uh, uh, by by just being a little mindful of your sanitary practices uh, you can uh, hold back these viruses uh, some of these viruses are going to infect the area anyway uh, they are, they blow in on the southern winds they come up from down south and uh, they they they're going to infect the plants no matter what you do. Uh, but uh, even though that they do infect the plants, uh, you can still kind of control that by rotating to a new area of the garden uh, each year. And so uh, you really don't want to plant uh, these four varieties of plants uh, in the same area. You, you know. Uh, four years, uh, the fourth year after you've not had that uh, uh, tomato plant in that area, you can come back to that area on the fourth year. So you're going to um, have them on that plot uh, the first year, and then year two and year three, you're going to rotate to a different area, and then on ro uh, year four, you're going to come back to that first area that you planted them at the first time. And, uh, and this is all part of the planning, proce planning process of planting your garden. Now, um, one other consideration is uh, where you site your garden. Uh, it's good to site your garden in an area that's well-drained, if at all possible. And if you don't have a well-drained area, you can also uh, plant your garden in a, a raised bed. And that kind of gets you up out of the muck and, and gives the plants what they need. Uh, in a raised bed, uh, you're not bent over all the time, you know, picking produce and whatnot. You're, you know, you're, you can stand up straight and just uh, walk around a raised bed and, and uh, uh, pick your harvest uh, at, at waist level. And that's, that's pretty convenient. Uh, so um, there are cases to be made for planting in a, in a raised bed. Uh, and... Uh, and so uh, another thing that you need to be concerned about is how much sunlight and how much shade is in that area. Now, uh, on a really hot year uh, where you've got lots of sun, uh, what you'll notice is, is certain plants like your tomatoes and your peppers and your eggplant, why they'll just quit bearing when the, when the air temperature gets above 85, they'll just quit bearing. And, and you'll think the plants are done, but they're really not. They're just waiting for the weather to get cooler. And if you just stay with them, then all of a sudden, you know, you get close to fall and all of a sudden those temperatures start dropping down and they start bearing like crazy. Well, one way to not have to wait is to plant that garden to where it gets some afternoon shade. Because if it's getting afternoon shade in that area, then the the air temperature in that area is about 15 degrees cooler and by by putting your garden where it gets morning sun but afternoon shade then what that allow you to do is you'll find that your tomatoes and your peppers will bear consistently through the summer because of that the way you've sited your your garden 
and uh, that's a very important uh, uh, um, uh, part of the planning of the site of your garden uh, so yeah there's a lot to it um, gardening is kind of like playing golf i mean you know you'll never master the the art uh you you can only play it and in this case you can only grow it but uh you know every year is a new challenge the mother nature changes the weather up on us every year so there will always be a new challenge to be faced uh, on a yearly basis uh that's just part of gardening and uh and and of course you know uh the the critters eat too and so don't forget that you've got to to manage your critter control uh whether that be with electric fence or some other type of fencing to to exclude the critters uh otherwise uh there they might come in just right before it's time to harvest your 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 crop and uh just decimate it right there on the spot and uh, uh a case in point you know the the raccoons just love corn sweet corn and uh, you've been taking care of that sweet corn and and uh you know like uh, in the next couple of days you're going to go out there and harvest it you've sprayed it and whatnot keep the worms off of it it's a beautiful crop and everything's looking good and then you come back the next morning and the raccoons have just moved in and just decimated the crop and uh, you end up with uh, little or nothing uh, to show for and uh, that's what happens when you don't control your critters and uh, and so um, uh, that's what electric fences are for and that's what uh, you know regular fences are for to to exclude those uh critters and force them to go elsewhere to look for their food uh and uh, um it, it's something that uh is almost a requirement you know at, at our property uh, my dad used to have a garden there and uh um at the greenhouse and uh between him and his next door neighbor uh one year they trapped 17 raccoons and uh that i mean that's a lot uh and uh groundhogs are just as bad uh the deer can be really bad too i mean they love sweet potato plants they'll come in and they'll eat a sweet potato plant i mean there won't be a all you'll have is a short stem sticking out of the ground if if they come in and and uh uh, spy those in your garden so uh, it's important to, to control your critters uh, by all means. Um, well, we're out of time for the day. Uh, I hope you found something today that uh, you could use at your home or garden. Uh, we do have a great selection of seed. Come out to the garden center and, and pick out your seed packets for the spring. And uh, come talk to us about any projects you have coming up. We'd love to talk to you about that. Uh, have a great week, Louisville. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. We're in this together. 
with Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the expert.